XX Equals is a focused, user-centered innovation collective within Canadian Ford, and this is our podcast. Our aim is to close the gap between perception and reality when designing for women. So jump in and join us as we talk to some of the leaders, experts, and trailblazers in this space. Hello, and welcome to XX Equals podcast. And today I am joined by another amazing guest. We have Maria Webb with us today. And Maria and I, now I'm trying to think when we first met, it was a few months back now, and um, we had a few conversations around some of the initiatives and um, brilliant areas that you've been focusing on. And I think it was a real meeting of the minds and also um, understanding, I think, the seismic issue uh, that is faced and the incredible work that you are trying to um, trying to focus on and, and, and actually understanding as well how that um, can create a positive impact for um, for our next generations who are coming who are coming sort of through and experiencing some of the challenges that we're going to talk about today. But um, before we get into that, um, as fascinating as I know that's going to be, Maria, would you please introduce yourself and um, and sort of just tell our listeners a little bit about um, what you've been doing and, and how you got there? Of course, thank you very much. Um, I'm I'm really, really excited and happy to be here as well. So thank you for asking me on. Uh, so I am a I'm a Bristol-based filmmaker. I'm originally from New Zealand, so that's where my accent's from. Um, I studied in New Zealand and I moved to the UK almost nine years ago um, to carry on my study and to get into the film industry really and and that's sort of what I've been doing um so I uh, started off doing acting in um mainly short films small films and then I got into some production work and to some larger films um as well which was quite good experience to kind of get to know both sides and then uh eventually started a production company with my husband Harry and we make movies now where we can predominantly documentaries um yeah that's what we're focusing on at the moment brilliant thank you maria and it's um it was a subject of one of these documentaries which i know is um particularly close to to your heart um and and also mine which um which was the reason why we first met so would you explain a little bit about um fake blood and I guess your your journey in terms of of how you got to to the creation of it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I think um kind of alongside the film work I've always had an interest as well in um health and predominantly women's health um and then it's it's stemmed from a very personal story um which became even more specific and was around menstrual health. And um, so Harry is the type of person who, after you know, hearing certain things, often has the thought of, "Oh, that would make a good film, or that would make a good documentary." And so it was after telling him, you know, or talking through some some experience I had with my menstrual cycle that he thought this would be a really good documentary to make. Uh, so Fake Blood is the name of our short documentary we're making, and it is the story of my own personal journey with my menstrual cycle so starting from when I was a teenager 
um, all the way up to right now. And the reason we wanted to make it is because the more I started to talk to other menstruators about what I had been going through, the more I started to hear me too, or I've, I've had something really similar, but this, and um, do you know how, how to fix this or what would help with this? And I started you know, recommending books and podcasts that had helped me. And, um, and eventually I thought, I, I think actually I've got this sort of wealth of knowledge that would be really beneficial to quite a few menstruators out there. And so I'd like to be able to collate it somehow, um, and, you know, in the best way possible and get it out there. And it made sense naturally to turn it into a film because that was also, that's my other passion and where my other skills lie. And Maria, if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little bit about how um, sort of how you how you, I guess how you un began to understand how underserved you were being in terms of the support that you were getting, um, and and I guess the lack of lack of understanding and knowledge as well within that exists within the medical profession around this space. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I was put on the pill when I was about sixteen to regulate my cycle because I didn't have a regular bleed every month. And so I was told right from the beginning that the pill is something that can help with this. So if you take it for a, uh, a long enough period of time, your body will eventually, um, you'll have regular bleeds. And so I, that was um, advice I got from my doctor. And, you know, as a teenager, you hear a solution and I thought, great, I'm, I want that. So I did that. And after about seven years on the pill, I came off and there was no change whatsoever. I had really irregular periods still. Um, you know, I, I kind of felt like I was back to square one. And I went back to the GP and explained my situation and they had no answer for me. So they, they said, it looks like you have PCOS. That's probably what's going on. And there is no cure for that. We can't help with that. The best thing you can do is continue going, uh, staying on the pill. Um, but the pill wasn't serving me mentally um, or emotionally at all. I was getting really depressed and anxious on it. Um, it was uh, I was reading all these really horrible stories about it as well with blood clots and things like this. And it was becoming quite scary. And I also, you know, was in my twenties and thought, is this my life now? Can I only take the pill? Um, and so that's when I started looking or researching into, you know, what's actually going on with me. What is PCOS for a start? And, um, and is there something I can do about it? And that eventually led me to a naturopath hormone specialist called Lara Bryden who I had a consultation with and she looked at my records and very quickly eliminated PCOS because I didn't have any of the symptoms um, I only had irregular cycles and she just said look it looks like your body's been through a lot with synthetic hormones um, and and your hormones are um, out of alignment so I went on an anti-inflammatory diet just to let everything settle down for about three months. And that, that solved everything for me. Um, and since then I've had regular bleeds, um, but it was quite eye opening to have a conversation with someone who wasn't looking at my menstrual cycle, like it was a problem. Um, like I was actually meant to be <laughs> having a cycle and, um, it was something that, you know, 
was quite important or or hugely important for my health. Absolutely, and I think this area is becoming is becoming more and more evident how little training there is. Uh, I think you know there's been a, a lot of conversations recently around, for example, menopause uh, being an optional two-hour session within the yeah. um, training. You know, again, sort of the space around ovulation, and it's there's and there we did a podcast with a, a really fantastic CTO of a business um, called Versio Biosense a few months back, and Joseph Sophia, and he said since starting to work in the women's wellness space, because his history, history was, his, was originally in diabetes care, he said women just don't complain enough, and I, and I just I keep coming back to this because. It, you know, you look at the average length of um, diagnosis for endometriosis, it's around seven years. You know, you look at all of these stories that I have with people I know and, you you know, you read about and you learn about, you know, when, when women go up, start going through, you know, perimenopause and they go to the doctor and they get offered antidepressants. And, you know, there, there's just this lack of ability and I you know we know it's caused by lack of money and lack of time and and targets etc that GPs need to hit etc but it's all about a quick a quick fix solution and it's not about it's never about trying to get to the root cause no matter how tricky it is yeah I think you're right and I think also the language around um menstrual health uh and menopause has a huge part to play as well you know um I remember getting told, you know, cramps, it's just something you have to deal with. You know, it's, oh, it's all part of it. Oh, yeah, you just have to go through that. And so I think that's a big reason why women think, and endometriosis is a huge part, that it's, it's. I think I read somewhere that, you know, it's it's 100 times more painful than childbirth for some people. And that's not cramps. You know, that's not something that you just have to deal with. And so I think this is another huge problem is that um, just it's another sort of silencing tactic as well, you know, um, on women um, and menstruators telling them to to be quiet. Yeah. And you look at um, the stats that are now coming out around actually pain thresholds of women versus men and how much higher women, women's pain thresholds are. And, and actually what, you know, what that means. And I haven't ever, I've been lucky enough not to suffer from endometriosis, but I have given birth and, and it, it really hurts. And I had quite a few drugs in my system at the time as well. So, um, it, you know, there's, there's clearly um, this lack of understanding, this lack of empathy that we're seeing that has traveled down generation after generation after generation and, um, and lack of innovation in this space, lack of questioning around what um, what the alternatives are. I mean, in terms of your journey and how you got to, to um, your consultation with Lara, how long did that take you to get sort of from the initial, you know, the initial sort of, I have a, a, a problem here to um, to finding the, the gateway to the right solution? Yeah, well, it was, it was one year since coming off the pill to finding Lara Bryden. But I consider my whole journey to have started from when I was 16, because that's when I had an irregular period for for some reason, you know, that needed to be looked at. And um, and within that time, I was on the pill, but also constantly going back to the doctor to kind of check in, like, is my period regular now? And and if it wasn't, it was sort of going back on the pill. Um, I got told uh, after having some blood tests 
it was a very kind of finite this isn't going to be a possibility for you and it was actually my mum who then looked at the blood tests as well and said I don't think that that's right because they haven't taken them at a time when you'd be ovulating and that was one of the first times I kind of thought what is ovulation exactly because I'm not really hearing a lot about this I'm only hearing a lot about the bleed at the moment and um and so after having these consultations with Lara Bryden she's very um, positive about ovulation and that's kind of where she comes from and that's when I started to look at my menstrual cycle not as you know those five days of bleeding and then kind of waiting for them but as what happens for those other you know three to four weeks like what's going on here and how can I take care of that part of my cycle because it's all happening it's hugely important and I know that was another another sort of meeting of the minds for us with the work that XX equals had done on an internal hackathon and it was around how we actually look at addressing the whole cycle exactly not just that you know that five day bleed or, or you know or however long that is it's it's around actually what is happening in, in everyone's body throughout that whole you know the whole entire cycle yeah there's not that focus on that we're not seeing that are we no no well this is where the name fake blood came from as well because when I was put on the pill and I think this happens to a lot of people as well they're told um you know you take 21 yellow pills for example and then take seven white pills and when you take those white pills you're going to get your period and so you know for seven years I thought I was having a regular period and then found out that that isn't even a period because you can't actually have a period unless you ovulate and the pill stops you from ovulating and so this whole time it's it's called a withdrawal bleed or a pill bleed and it is not the same and it's actually not even necessary when you take the pill it it's only you know women are only given um this option so that they can kind of feel like they're still having a period you know so it seems more natural but actually you don't you could continuously take the pill just bizarre isn't it how you know how this this synthetic experience is being being created but um tell us maria a little bit more about fake blood and and what you hope to achieve with it and what the objectives of it are yeah so what i really wanted was to create a first and foremost a film that would let not just menstruators but everybody see that there is so much more going on in the menstrual cycle than just a bleed and that this can be a really life-changing thing if you can understand it and also that you can get from that point of uncertainty and not really understanding what's going on and you and there's a way to kind of push through that so whatever your sort of backstory is whether that's coming off the pill or um you know endometriosis any kind of struggles you're having there are solutions out there and so we wanted to have my story as an example of one of those solutions and then we want to have the film in a place where you can then start to find these answers so we're thinking something like a website where you're then directed to more help. I've found that um, the education and self-awareness that I've um, had 
around my menstrual cycle has been the most life-changing thing for me. And so I want this project to reach as many menstruators as possible because then the power's in their own hands. And I think that's where it is supposed to be with women's health. And I think, I mean, I, it's, it's absolutely fantastic that, that this, um, you know, it's a resource really, isn't it? You know, a series of resources will be created because there's an expectation, isn't there, that it's just, you just push through and, it, you know, whatever the, the challenges are, it's like you just keep going, you just push through. And and actually, I guess the question that nobody really stops to think about is at what cost? Yeah. How much is this costing you to, to you know, whether and whether that's through, um, phys- you know, from a physical perspective, from an emotional, from a, from a mental wellness, how intertwined all of those are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also um, just... I think it's so important that, uh, especially because it's a uh, menstrual cycle is, you know, completely individual and unique to to every person. So my experience, someone might have something similar, but their what works for them is going to be different. And that's what's great about the self awareness that they'll gain from from knowing these things is that then they'll have their own story. You know, it's not about kind of replicating it for everyone, but it's just. Uh, yeah about giving people the opportunity to to kind of have this freedom for themselves so they're like you say not constantly thinking oh there's nothing I can do or I have to rely on a doctor to be able to do something for me now and I, I also think the amount of energy that it must have taken you because you know most women who are listening to this and I'm sure some men too when they when they have a, a chronic health condition and they go and and search for help for that, whether that's through the NHS or privately or or through information retrieval or speak to friends or whatever whatever that looks like, you know you push and you push and you try and find out information and you challenge and then you just become exhausted by it and then you get to a point where you kind of you almost have to kind of retreat back in yourself because it's so frustrating and you know these these you know you're talking about you know all these years and years that you were trying to address this and again you know we talked earlier about the the length of diagnosis for some conditions like endometriosis um you know often these are scenarios because of the lack of understanding um and the you know the that kind of attitude it's like you just put up and shut up you know you just get on with it and women are suffering for decades with these conditions and in what other parallel universe would that be acceptable I mean, it's just bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And I I think there's a lot of evidence out there as well to show that if this wasn't, if this was happening to men, then a solution would have been found, um, you know, a lot sooner. When when you've been on this journey, Maria, have you, have you met many other women who are in similar scenarios to yourself? Yeah. I, every single time I bring up my menstrual cycle, I have I met with another story from who I'm talking to I'm quite confident when I say you know everybody has a story and they vary in extremities or what they involve but every single person um, who menstruates has told me something and that was the the key reason behind um getting the film done and but just sort of the importance I think for a long time for me I thought there's something wrong with me, like my body's broken and it doesn't work properly. And 
it was only when I, you know, because and I and I thought that because the doctors didn't know what to do. So I thought, oh my gosh, I'm I'm like I'm so unique. <laughs> you know, like and then I saw that this whole book had been written about um about menstrual health and I was like hold on this book is like speaking to me has it been written just for me and then I started to tell people about this book um which is called the period repair manual which is by Lara Bryden and and they they were like I need this book too and and I you know I've given away so many copies um and I I can't believe it to be honest that it seems as though um all menstruators are kind of sitting on something around their cycle yeah, no, I, I I absolutely agree, and and the fact is how underserved it is. So I am um, I'm 46 now. I'm perimenopausal. I uh, I've kind of only just started to realise that because nobody tells you about this stuff. You're not educated in it, um, and partly due to the work of an amazing woman um, called Sam Simister who set up Gen M, um, which is this incredible resource around sort of menopause and perimenopause. And um, and I tried to I, I, I've heard so many horror stories from people trying to sort of understand how they need to navigate this and what's going to work for them and HRT, etc. That I didn't even bother going to my GP around this. I just thought I'm going straight to a menopause clinic um, to get to get the help that I needed, because the number of stories that you hear and and. I can honestly say not one of them has been positive. Not a sing I have not had a single positive interaction with a woman who's gone to talk to their GP about um, being perimenopausal or menopausal. And I'm sure they are out there, but I haven't heard them. But um, and I, I I found the the clinic here in Bristol where we live. The um, the there's a, a sort of the woman who founded that. She. Um, doesn't take on any new clients she's so swamped with um with demands on her time and um, she has a couple of other um trained professionals who work with her and the first appointment that i could get which was an online appointment was um three months away and that's paying for it private so you think if that's the length of time that it's taking to you know when you are in the fortunate enough situation and i i, I know how lucky and I'm very grateful for that. that I can go, right, I'm going to throw a bit of money at this because to get the help that I need because I'm aware not everybody has that privilege. But the, the fact that it takes me three months to get an initial consultation, and that's no blood tests, that's no diagnosis, that's nothing, that will follow. Um, you just think how many women out there need, you know, and that's, an, that's a, a point in their life which is, you know, you'll recognise that your body is going through significant hormonal changes. It, you know how many women are there out there who need support and need help it's you know i i agree with what you what you, you're you're saying Maria. i think everybody has a story and yeah. um, and you know people don't always necessarily have the resilience and tenacity and energy to follow that through and to to, to find that help that they need yeah i i think you're right as well i think it's the one of the biggest challenges for me is has been to know when to stop you know to sort of preserve my own energy because I feel like there came a point where I sort of took it upon myself to really fight for every menstruator I met who had a problem and try and get them to where I was you know and and there comes a time when they have to be doing the work themselves but I, 
I still strongly believe that, you know, like this this film, that's why we, we want it online. It's not, you, you know, you don't have to go and pay for it to see it and these resources, you can find them and everything. And the amount of money that you have to spend comes from, you know, where wherever you want to put it. But just knowing that there are these places that you can that you can go to um, because the other thing is like they're not easy to find you know you I have a friend whose um, GP just won't refer her to a specialist because um, because they're not concerned enough about her menstrual cycle but she just wants to see a specialist yeah. you know I, you know the way unfortunately the way our national health service is structured is that you know the um, it's not easy to get a referral. There are many, many um, barriers in place. And so, Maria, on a more positive note, now, yeah. now you have got to this place where you have this understanding, you have this knowledge. Um, how, how, how are you actually, you know, letting this play out in your life, and how has it improved your quality of life? Um, I mean, when I talk about this, I, I really don't shy away from the fact that has completely changed my life in every single aspect, um, having a knowledge of my menstrual cycle. The, the days around the bleed are always a little harder for me. I have less energy, you know, and I, and I feel tired, but knowing what's going on for those other weeks, it's, it's incredible. So, um, you know, my my kind of time around pre-ovulation and ovulation, I am getting, you know, double the amount of work done. I'm pretty sociable um, for someone who likes to sort of be at home. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I enjoy going out, but I'm also, um, I like going to the gym. I like lifting weights and I'm physically lifting much heavier weights and it feels amazing. And there's something about being in tune with that and then also knowing that this is coming from my cycle like these are coming from the hormones that I'm producing uh, because I have a healthy cycle now and that's quite life-changing uh, you know I I plan everything around my cycle now I know I know what type of work I'm going to be best suited for and when to do it I know when to take my downtime when to relax more uh it is so much easier to communicate with my husband uh, because he, you know, I'm just able to say to him, there's a chance I'm going to, you know, have a little bit of a shorter temper right now just because I'm heading towards um, my bleed. So can we, can we just bear that in mind in conversations? And he's really understanding about that. And then also knowing, you know, on the flip side, Harry, I've got a lot of energy, like, shall we go for a longer walk? You know, shall we go on a spontaneous weekend away and things like this? And um, it's just a, I think it's just really lovely knowing that that's how your body's working. Because before that, I was always like, why do I feel like this now? Why am I, why am I grumpy today? Why was I happy yesterday? And so, yeah, there's, there's wealth of knowledge and, and understanding. It's just hugely liberating. It is amazing. I mean, I, you know, you think about the the number of conversations, as you say, that you have with people and they just say, I'm just exhausted this week. I don't know why. I'm, I'm just exhausted. And actually, the reality is that people aren't joining the dots. 
in the same way that you, you've been able to. And you think about the control that that gives us in that space of self-care and knowing, you know, how to kind of, how to curate your own your own health care and how to manage that through the month to ensure that you're you're living the best life that you possibly can yeah yeah absolutely and also knowing you know why if if a bleed doesn't come not stressing about that you know just little things like this um i i guess like my my sort of like takeaway from what i hope people get from fake blood is that the questions you have about yourself become fewer and fewer because your understanding becomes greater. Because I think, especially as women, we're constantly questioning ourselves and being like, is this right? Have I done enough? Um, you know, why am I like this now? Why is this happening? Am I broken? And and I I feel like a lot of those questions are actually connected to what's going on inside our body. It's fascinating, isn't it? And you think about actually the the obvious and natural link into fertility that of you know that leads from ovulation, and we know we know what an issue that is in in you know the, the developed world, particularly one in three couples struggle to conceive, and you think that you know we expect so much of our body. It's like now you say, well, I might have taken the pill for the last ten years and not and had synthetic periods, but now. I want I want a baby. So you know, within six months, it's kind of like you you come off this and you're thinking, why isn't this happening? Or you know, you hear these stories and and there isn't that that basic level of understanding of what that journey needs to look like and how you can years earlier start preparing your body for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think because the you know the pill is like still relatively new in terms of medicine and so I think it came out it it has its reason you know as a as a contraceptive for coming out and that was the focus of it and I think as a contraception it works really well but what got ignored was the menstrual cycle and it still is being ignored in terms of the pill and so I think yeah I I I, I think you're right with what you're saying about it it's interesting, isn't it? You know, our demands of businesses and um, the brands that we want to engage with um, as consumers, we talk about, you know, transparency being so key and we talk about, you know, authenticity and shared values, etc. And we want that from the shampoo brand that we, we use to wash our hair, but we're not asking that about, you know, from these, these pharma companies, from, you know, drugs that we're putting in our bodies. And, um, you know, and even at sort of the most basic level, um, you know, we had um, we had a brilliant guest on a few weeks ago. We were talking about clinical trials and actually um, how so many of drugs which are then um, licensed for men and women are not tested extensively on women. Um, obviously, that's not the case with the pill. But um, and as you say, you know, it has a valid place and, it, and it's changed a lot of people's lives for the better. But, we're, you know, we need to understand that in the same way we we have that expectation with other brands that we're interacting with um what the impact is full transparency full understanding yeah yeah there was a pill designed for a man as well at the same time but when they heard it turned off testosterone they said no it will never sell which is correct because you know because men want their testosterone but then equally women 
need their hormones too you know we need our estrogen and um and our progesterone and so i always find that story i feel like that story really sums up how the pill came about you know yes i think you're right maria i i could i absolutely couldn't care but tell tell us maria now so this this journey that you've been on for you know for the for a decade tell us um what you would say to your younger self now um yeah i was having a good think about this question because i really i'm really happy with where i am now but i would definitely tell my younger self to um to listen to herself more and don't get so tied up in what the people around her are saying i think that's that's really good advice and and if somebody who is suffering maybe similar symptoms or or has questions um and is listening to this what would what sort of advice would you give them maria in terms of starting this journey or just you know understanding how they can start moving into that self-care space around ovulation yeah my go to especially when you're starting is to read the period repair manual by lara bryden if you can't get that book just go to larabryden.com. She's where I started. She writes in a way that is really easy to understand. She has multiple blogs. You could probably search in her blog for whatever problem you have and you'll find every article about it. And I think that is a great place to get a base understanding of what you might be going through. So it won't be a diagnosis or anything, but you'll be able to see yourself in, in the stories and and be able to connect with them um that that is the best place to start i think that and that i think is a brilliant place to finish as well thank you so much maria for sharing your story your journey and we are really looking forward to seeing fake blood and when when do you think it will be sort of um at sort of public launch stage uh we're hoping to get the final edit done around the beginning of February 2022. Fabulous. So in a few months. And and if people want to kind of reach out to understand more about it and contact you, what's the best way for people to do that? Um, so you can find me on Instagram at Maria Makes. Um, but also for things like this, I'm more than happy to do emails. So our production company is called Falling Films and you can email me maria at fallingfilms.co.uk. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Maria. Thank you very much for having me on. It was really nice to speak to you. You too. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed listening, please rate, review and subscribe and keep your eyes peeled for our next episode. 